Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and uh, always remember, as the great Ronald Claw mystic Bill Copeland once said, try to be like the turtle, at ease with being cycled four times and then swinging in for eight. Squee McGee getting caught up with meta traffic with the Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Well, he just booked his $50 flight to the Bahamas, hoping the quarantine shuts down in two weeks. <laughs> it's a possibility. Good luck with that. Well, hey, George is doing movie theaters, so why not? <laughs> George is? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, why not put a couple hundred people in a theater? Let's do it. Good God. Uh, thanks for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. Maybe we'll find out if we want an enemy cruel. Oh, yeah. There's only, Who knows? There's only eight days left. But so. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start off at the top of the class with the latest in Carnage that ensued with 45 and the dash. So, um, the games, so... Oh, let's take, wait, let's take thing. a wild guess about the games we're going to talk about here. So, I'm assuming uh, they have to deal actually, with a... I, I almost pulled a squeeze. and was like, actually, I'm going to, if I may, let me tell you about a couple of games that I've seen, and then just do yours instead of for you, but <laughs> I was like, we don't need to do that two times in a row. Uh, no, so I, I, I did debut my Zedris or Exodris, whatever, yeah. Snake Dude snake guy. deck. With snake but dude. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm actually going to talk about a different de uh, game. So it was me, friend of the cast, Will, uh, Arch Enemy Dan, and Nathan. Arch Enemy Dan, uh, does he still have that? Does he still have that title? You know... I feel like it had to have come back because you were kind of leaning his way last time. Yeah, I, you know what? We're undecided I right like now. It. I'll we'll, right, we'll leave it there. Uh, so we were we were in a four pod, and I was playing Atraxa, um, and I was just like, I need to get it done with. It's in my rotation. Sure. I'm probably going to get hated out. Um, I did get a little bit of hate. Uh, you know, Will was playing his Counters Matters deck, the one where he like takes the blue guy and he takes counters off to keep him out there. Ooh. Oh, oh, uh, the mono blue one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird so one. He's playing that. And, uh, you know, I was able to do the little ramp that attracts a can do. <laughs> I did a bunch of those changes that you and I talked about in Bruce yeah, and Build. Yeah. So got, got Arcane Signet down, attracts a turn three. Uh, I I feel bad for him. Hindsight, I proliferated his Mystic Remora oh. to, to two. And then his upkeep <laughs> went to three, and he only had two lands oh. out. Because uh, it was literally the start of his third yeah, turn. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, I like that, though. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. Playing, the, playing the board, uh, if you will. <laughs> and so I ended up getting... Uh, Effing Dan and his Queen Marchesa curse deck. Ah, see, here it is. Uh, yeah, here, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, went ahead he, and he threw that curse on me that can only cast one spell a turn. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, what good does it do for me to cast a planeswalker if I can't protect it? Right. So I ended up becoming board wipe dot deck. Sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, just did about every board wipe I could try to find in the deck to just stay alive. Um, Nathan was playing his mono white Odric deck. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he was super scary and doing yeah, a lot doing of crazy stuff. stuff. Uh, but I ended up sneaking out the win. I believe I went ahead and did a cyclonic rift, of course, bounced of course. all the, the permanents back so I could be yeah. unenchanted. And then I was actually able to play some stuff uh, and I ended up getting, I can't remember what emblem it was. I want to say 
yeah, I got the Teferi emblem where I could do a couple, I could do Planeswalker activations during everyone's oh, turn. Right, yeah. And and then everyone just scooped after that, <laughs> which I think I think he was the only Planeswalker I had out. I maybe had one other, but it wasn't anything, and it wasn't some op- oppressive board state by any means. I think it was just, it was the last game of the night. Did it go, did it go like, on for I a need while? To go. Like, was it a long one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it honestly it drug on because I I was the one that got the curse for the one uh, thing at a time. So it's just like I either just concede because I'm just going to die, right. or I do these board well, wipes, yeah. try to stay oh, in the yeah, game, just, try to get to an answer. Um, hey, just keep resetting the board. Yeah, and pray, pray. Start over once again. Yeah, here we go. I, I, I did pray to uh, Heliod for sure. Nice. So, Sweet McGee, I heard there was a showdown, oh. a battle, if you will. It was. There was. Uh, there was a firefight. Well, yes, there was a there was quite a showdown. Uh, Tuck, Tuck and I will tag team this one. We were both there, and then. And uh, let's see, we had the hotness in the slice. Yeah. So uh, the epic first meeting, if you will, slice, there was blood. Slice there representing was, down uh, possibly south. The hotness representing the West Coast. It was a, it was a real Midwest and West Coast brawl out. How, how did you put it, Big Tuck? Maybe you can describe the action that led to the snake in the grass. Oh, my God. All right. So I'll go through <laughs> game one real quick. So uh Squee was playing his Atraxa, and I think you cast two spells that game. One of oh, which man, was, a, like, or no, you cast three. You cast, no you cast a removal. You cast a uh, Atraxa and one artifact ramp. I think that was that it, is right? correct. So yeah, it was awful. Yeah, that, and that uh, artifact ramp came on like turn six. That was a slow so, one for you. And cares? then I was playing Saskia, and I kept a really risky hand of two lands in a Sylvan Library, and I was like, I can go digging for it. Played the Sylvan Library. Top three, not a land. Took all of them, and that kind of set the tone for the game. So that was brutal. And then um, Nick, the hotness, came out screaming with a general rod hot oh deck. Oh my god! Just, just hot as could all the be. bangers. Like got her out. I think turn three had fifteen mana. Kept getting tokens uh-huh. because uh, Chuck the Slice is playing a Grismold deck, which I like a lot. Like I think those decks are fun. I think it's a cool Gargary thing. So I was sitting on a card the entire game. And I was going to prevent some, I was either going to try to prevent me from dying or prevent someone from winning. So um, Nick pretty much had the board on lockdown the turn after. And Chuck had been chipping away with uh, some command damage. I was like, okay, here's the deal. I was at three life, I think. And I was like, if you play something that whenever a creature dies, then I'm going to just die immediately because you're going to, like, Griswold's going to give me a creature. I already have two on the board. So the game's over. So I was like, I will give you the game now, or I'll at least let you knock Nick out, and then we can finish this like gentlemen the turn after. And I, and he was okay. like, What's your what are your turns? I was like, okay. We took care of the one thing that would have dinged me down for creatures dying. And I was like, just for the remainder of the game, you do not play a card that deals damage to deals damage to me when a creature dies. And I will let you kill Nick right now. And he was like, uh, I'll think about it. And I was like, I can't tell you why, because I'll give it away. I had a Naya charm, so I was going <laughs> to tap down all of Nick's creatures, and he could have swung it with commander damage to kill them. Liter- okay. Literally plays a Dingus Staff, which is whenever yep. a creature dies, Hilarious, you get two damage, way. and then pass the turn. Pass the turn, <laughs> and then Nick killed him, and then just came around again. I died because Nick had a Perforos trigger, and that was it. So Chuck, yeah, Chuck, I drew a card in hopes and dreams, and Chuck just completely sandbagged later. us by not taking the deal, even when he had no action. So you're on. Hey, he did admit afterwards. He admitted yes. afterwards. He made a mistake. He should have taken your deal. Anyways, that's that's what we've learned. If if Big Tuck's politicking, maybe you it's, should pay it's, attention. It's a, it was a, oh, no. it was a fool's no. errand. You know what, Chuck? 
It's okay. I, I have faith in the decision that you made because too many times is big tuck politic and then he ends up winning what, the I'm game. What, I'm a three life with three lands? I don't think so. And Saskia, please. <laughs> I was doing nothing. So that was game one. Yeah. Um, and then luckily that went fast enough that we were able to get into game two, which I'll let Squee take away. Yeah, so game two, I was getting a little fed up. Atraxa did nothing. I was like, well, I got to ramp sometime this year. I can't just... So you went Reese? Uh, <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the upgrades that have been put into Reese recently have turned into some pretty gross heater yeah, it's, things. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, so I was running Reese. I think first turn I had Draga Tree Speaker, I had Llanowar Elves, and then yeah. second turn mm-hmm. I had Marwyn Nature's Nurturer, or Marwyn the Nurturer, sorry. And I had enough mana to do whatever I want. Uh, then I destroyed, I can't remember whose enchantment. I think it was the Hotness's enchantment. Uh, yeah, that's mutated, right. Yeah. Got a, a little revenge of... from game one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like sitting there with this weirdo deck and we were like, so we're just going to let you win this one too? I don't think so. No. No. So I, I destroyed that out. It was Aura Mutation, put a couple tokens on the board, kept ramping. Uh, Big Tuck, I can't remember. What were you playing? I was so both these games I had to play the rule lawyer. I was playing Queen Marchesa and was just locking, just trying to stop someone from. I was like, okay, if I can stop one person from just going crazy, maybe these other two people will try to help me in some way, shape, or form. That didn't work either. So I was just playing like the schoolmaster that no one liked. Well, I will say, second game, I was the target. True. The whole game. It was fine. Um, I think I had what? I had a, a Chroma's Memorial out. Like fourth oh, or fifth turn. Yeah, he had that. Uh, he had Ascension. Beastmasters Ascension. Beastmasters Ascension. How'd you guys uh, survive? Because I, I, I kept dealing with the... <laughs> I was the only person who was dealing with anything. I killed both of those and made us like last for another turn while I was just trying yeah, to so do I would, something. I think the succession of the order was I played uh, Akroma's Memorial, got blown up. I played Anointed Procession, got blown up. Then yep. I played uh, Cathar's Crusade, got blown up. Then, oh, what what did I play after that? It was another token doubler. I can't remember which one. Uh, um, no, you then you got you went from that into um, illusionist bracers. Oh yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> then they killed that. And it was illusionist bracers. I put that out, and I put up over eight hundred <laughs> sapperling tokens. And wiped through the whole board. Yeah. I mean, I, I was very happy with my steadfastness. It was, well, and it was just like every, it's like you kill one thing. He's like, okay, fine. I'll do another one. <laughs> However, we talked about, one thing that was pretty sweet was we talked about cutting it. I think Vona's Hunger, which is like the ascend sack things. So it did make him mm-hmm. sack some 400 creatures or something like that. So that was kind of. A, yeah, I did. That was kind of a Pyrrhic victory. But uh, beyond that, it was, yeah. it was rough. <laughs> I, I created 800 tokens and had to sack 400. And well, I cried a little bit and then swung through yeah and then just killed us but anyways yeah that was the uh that was the epic first showdown between the hotness the slice tuck and myself yeah so i guess because of that showdown now the slice has reached out to marketing ross friend of the cast will and i want to say i think it wasn't it you well, oh yeah, me, duh. <laughs> I was like, who's, who's that fourth person? Uh, yeah, so I guess we're going to be doing our Saturday night. There you go. Nice. A little so, Saturday so, rematch, actually. So, so question, because this is going to air after that, so Chuck, the slice, won't be able to know what we're talking about. Um, what kind of power level deck should I bring against Chuck? I can, I don't really does think. He, does he actually play good decks? I think he, or? I think he does. I don't know. I think that his that first deck just ramped out of just yeah, and like Grim Crazy like, Town. If, if Nick 
hadn't had if Nick hadn't exploded out of the gates with Grand Warlord Rada, I think it would have been yeah. a lot different. I think Chuck would have been definitely the biggest threat at the table because um, that he had like the Grismold where um, you know creature tokens were getting minus one minus one, and he was just burning everyone. So that was solid. Yeah. And then he played a, Chuck was sitting really well. Yeah, there. and then he played uh, he played a Wart the Raid Mother deck, and I think he was starting to get there. Like he did some cool stuff with doubling tokens, but he like showed us his hand. He, he had just like harmonized twice. He had five lands in hand. So yeah. I feel like he didn't really get a good shake on that one either. So uh, I would say like mid, I yeah. don't know, but like seven to eight, something mm. like that. Certainly not like like the Beshes of the world um, and the Dans of the world okay. in terms of like insanity. So he definitely knows his. He definitely and like knows. we talked about it before too. We just kind of were like, yeah. hey, what are you guys feeling? What are we doing? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Maybe build up some drama during the week. See what you get. Yeah. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, Chuck, I'm coming for uh, you. Oh, uh, and also, well, I'm coming for you, Jimmy. I feel like he. I feel like he's. I feel like he's been. He's, it's been a while. I feel like yeah. he's. He's been given a lot of leash in the last few weeks. So just he really sure, has been off the hook. Here. I'll make sure that. Oh, I'll make sure that he knows I'm still still looking for him. Well, guys, that's gonna wrap up Forty Life in a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? So today we wanted to do something kind of cool. Uh, hopefully we'll be getting our C20 precons <laughs> here in the next few weeks. Um, but you know something that. I think a lot of us magic players do and i love wizards for having these pre-cons because it gives you a good foundation mm -hmm. um and especially for uh beginners but these pre-cons aren't just bangers out of the box mm -hmm. um there's definitely some shortfalls that they have because if wizards made them as amazing as they could be they would be 120 dollars right. i.e look at <laughs> Edgar, uh yeah there's been uh, one Edgar or two Markov. good ones out of the box in the past but yeah generally i agree yeah, and I mean, they go for $120. Like, Edgar Markov right. was a banger out of the box. That's $120. Yep, yep. Uh, you look at the Dragon Precon, that's like $140 out of the box. Yep. So, to keep them affordable, they usually have to maybe put a higher CMC spell, more tap lands. And so, what we thought we would do is talk about what you could do at different budget intervals to kind of make a deck better, to give you ideas for if you pick up one of these Commander 20s, you could be like, okay, kind of based on the CMD Tower crew, like with this particular deck, they went this route, but now I can kind of translate that over to my other deck. So uh, that's kind of what the section we wanted to do. And so Big Tuck, uh, why don't you talk about the deck that you picked out that we're gonna be kind of using as our baseline example. Yeah, so um, we, I think we were discussing before the cast came out that I think for a lot of these decks, the main commander is interesting, but maybe not the best or most interesting to the group. So uh, right. Mr. Combo has already got his teamer deck taken care of. I'm kind of looking into the Soul Tie. Um, the other two, we didn't really like too much. So we thought the one that was kind of the most narrow as well out of the box was the Mardu deck, which is Jarena Kudro. So um, I would read you her abilities, but they don't really matter. And we also talked to as a group, although I do think she's quite good in the 99, which we'll get to at some point. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we actually thought that it'd be more fun. And I completely agree with this. We all know how much I love this mechanic to instead talk about the partners widths of the, yes. of the group. So I think that they give a little bit more variety to the deck. I think they give it a little bit more room to breathe in certain ways. So um, I am happy to read out Silvar if one of you two wants to read out Tyr or Trin, I think. Yeah, I can take Trin. All right, perfect. So Silvar, Devourer of the Free, is three colorless, uh, black, red. That's Rakdos for legendary creature, Cat Nightmare. It's a 4-2. Meow. Is it a, it's a rare or is it a mythic? I can't tell. Uh, it looks like a mythic to me. That looks like a mythic Damn, to me. I thought I could get away without wearing my glasses today. And, I, and I believe you mean a, a mythic. 
So it partners with the with uh, Trin, but more importantly, it has Menace. And then something that I think is really cool is Sacrifice a Human. Um, put a 1-1 counter on uh, Silvar. It gains Indestructible until end of turn, which pairs nicely with... Trin, Champion of Freedom. So three colors and a white, a legendary human soldier. It's a mythic. Partners with Silvar, of course. At the beginning of your end step, if you attack this turn, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token as a 3-3. Three, three. Oh, they work so well together. Yeah. yeah, and kind of what our thought was, guys, around this is, obviously, uh, Duffman is a big modern player. Uh, he loves doing his human uh, yes, tribal. Yeah. Uh, human tribal is not so much a thing in EDH. Uh, so what we kind of thought the direction of the deck would be is we would actually be using Silvar as more of your kind of Voltron yep. commander mm -hmm. because it kind of has the pseudo-protection yeah that the second layer of the deck would kind of be human tokens yes. because there are so many ways to make human tokens totally that you should be able to do that in spades and then oh you're gonna destroy Silvar oh, I'll sack a token make him indestructible give him a plus one plus one counter um, so yeah that, that was kind of the overall thought we had for the deck mm -hmm. um, you know like when we're kind of talking about things that you could possibly upgrade into something a little bit better mm -hmm. and knowing that we're going this more Voltron route like one example I could talk about is Citywide Bust. Yeah. It, that's a colorless white-white. It's a 35-cent card, and mm -hmm. it just says destroy all creatures of toughness four or greater. Yep. Well, that would be great if maybe uh, Silvar got like a weird plus one plus yeah, one yeah, counter, yeah. and its and its toughness never got big. But eventually, his toughness is should if you're going to win with yeah, the deck, be yeah, way more be huge, than four. Yeah. So, so you would substitute Citywide Bust for a more efficient, um, you know, board yeah, wipe. Yeah, right. abs absolutely. So. And I think um, I think there's a fair amount of I think there is a fair amount of creatures in here that play well with the human go wide strategy and i think they clearly built uh -huh. that in so i completely agree i was talking about this with single a ron or a ron as he's referred to as is that correct i believe yeah. so. And, yes, sir. and we were talking about again i completely agree where it's like if you if you look into a lot of different combat tricks some different maybe sacrifice outlets you could get to a point where you're going to swing in with you know a very white army and then depending on who blocks what happens you can always dump them into um you can always dump them into silvar and actually the deck that yep. this kind of reminded me the most of is your greven deck mostly because it's kind of it's kind of like sneakily based around this commander menace as we found out yep. with uh greven is extremely good um you can play uh, yeah, you can, like greven also loves stuff in the combat zones where you sacrifice things for value so at least that half kind of plays a little bit more like that with a little bit token support whereas i think trin is more there just to kind of poop out these sort of tokens maybe to block with she's definitely the weaker yeah, I think of the trin's two. the engine starter really mm -hmm. i mean really if you wanted to think about it trin is just there to splash yeah. white Mm -hmm. which white has some very good token producers and stuff and yep. you know some other things guys when you kind of look at the deck there are multiple enchant creature enchanted mm -hmm. creature is goaded goad doesn't really do anything for you yeah. with this deck right? so those I are agree. easy cuts yes. that you could you know totally. put into a, something else a more politicky deck because i'm going to tell you right now if you truly build silvar to be a voltron with all these human tokens you're not politicking no, against it's going to be very no, it's going to be very obvious what you're trying to do so i think right. i think there's also some there's some opportunities to do some sort of aristocrats sort of effects where if there's a lot of sack and value from there so i i think yeah i yeah, think i'll be i'll be getting into that a little bit very good I, I think these two are definitely are, these two and I also uh, the other backup commander I think is interesting but I'm glad we ch we went with these uh, partners mostly because partners are sweet yeah they yeah. are I really enjoy the mechanic 
Awesome. So, you know, in very CMD Tower fashion, uh, we're going to have Sweet McGee, your uh, weather light report budget guy, doing an under $50 total upgrade. Um, and this is very, we're doing it a little bit different. You know, uh, obviously, uh, I think it's Tomer from MTG Goldfish usually does like a $50 yeah. budget upgrade and a $100 budget upgrade. We're not doing some big deep dive. We're definitely not taking anyone's ideas. We're just kind of saying, hey, these are some general cards we would mm -hmm. add. Right. We're not even going to get into the cards to cut because I honestly, in my opinion, we can't really make good recommendations of what to cut because we don't know what your meta is. Yep. Only you know what your meta right. is. And then the king of the guys that uh, says, oh, I'm a budget player, but he's really not, as we see in Bruise and Builds. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? He's going to be doing an under $150 total upgrade. Some cards could uh, mirror what Squeamy Gee picks. Ooh, uh, not, not really sure. And then, of course, me, who doesn't believe in having a budget. Uh, I, I did put a restriction on myself because if I went unlimited budget, it would be like a three thousand dollar upgrade. But I went ahead and went with an under five hundred dollars, and I could almost—I I would beg that me and Tuck may have some crossover. Mm -hmm. Because they're not all like hundred dollar cards, you know. There's a lot that that are you know fifteen, eighteen bucks. Yep. So, you know, without further ado, Squee, why don't we start off with you? Kind of tell us what your thought process is as you're kind of doing this under fifty dollar upgrade to the deck, and maybe point out some cards uh, that you think would kind of work well with this strategy. Yeah, so um, so for under the fifty dollar budget, you can really do a lot with this, and as Big Tuck alluded to there, so there's a lot of. Um, and I'm, you maybe even be able to to take the Blood Artist triggers and rename them the Bastion of Remembrance triggers now. Oh, yeah. Uh, this card is so good. So um, I first and foremost wanted to load it up with a couple of cards that whenever you sack a creature, you're going to gain life and people are going to lose life or something along mm -hmm. those lines. Okay. Because yeah. another way that you can win this game is to build up a board state wide enough, as some of the other cards support, and then sack out the whole board state and wipe everybody out at one time. That's fair. Um, so with cards like Bastion of Remembrance, and I'll read it because it's new, but it fits in here so well and you'll see where I'm going with this. Uh, when Bastion of Remembrance enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. That's great. Yeah. Uh, this is a black enchantment for three. Uh, whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So the big things here are, first and foremost, each opponent. So say you t sack 20 creatures, that's going to be a collective, ideally, 60 damage across the board. <laughs> else. So what we're going to do is add in a couple of cards that are going to help this out. So obviously, Blood Artist is... Got to go in there. Yeah, um, that's sure. a couple of bucks. We're talking two, two fifty in that range. Okay. Um, cards really well known. Whenever blood artist another creature dies, target player loses one life and you gain one life. So this isn't each opponent, but this is going to support that type of mechanic where you can still pick off people with extra damage. And if you have all these on the board at the same time, obviously they're going to stack. The second one in the same one there is Cruel Celebrant. Yeah. Uh, which also does you know each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. It's a one two for white black. It's a vampire. And then the uh, last one that I wanted to talk about is a little bit under the radar, uh, as you know I like Rage Thrower. Uh, five colorless and a red creature human shaman. When another creature dies, rage thrower deals two damage to target player. Wow. So I really like this one because it's two damage, which is a much bigger right. pip and you can stack those a lot better. Um, so this card, well, I know it's expensive to get on the field, but once you get him out there, I think he's going to be a banger. Well, and the thing I like the most about this one, and I'm kind of curious your thought process behind these other ones, Squee, mm -hmm. is obviously you need humans to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just sacrifice a creature and if it's a human. Right. Um, so Rage for being a human definitely fits the theme with your second general. But with Blood Artist and Cruel Celebrant, do you think it's going to matter too much? 
such that they're not humans and that they're just vampires Ooh. like do you think that's going to impact the deck enough to where it's like now we're getting away from this human theme or uh, or do you have some stuff that's going to kind of maybe make some human tokens that yeah I mean that? you're going to use a lot of token generators because white's pretty good at that and there's a lot of one one white human support so uh, for example one that I had in here is commanding presence it's an enchantment or a three colorless and a white for enchant creature enchanted creature gets two two and has first strike and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player create a one one white human creature token so you throw this on top of silvar every time okay. he swings through for damage he's going to be creating tokens uh even in my 50 dollars budget here i was able to squeeze in an anointed procession nice um, so you yeah. can do other cards like that yeah that was yeah absolutely yeah i mean that one the auto include i would yeah, assume oh, very good. um but yeah you have that and i also my other expensive one because the first six cards i put in here really came out to like six bucks mm-hmm. um was going to be an enlightened tutor so it allows you to yeah, go and search I have for, that one as well yeah you can go and hit bastion of remembrance you can hit another card that's really good in here outpost siege uh which if you choose dragons on this enchantment whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield outpost siege deals one damage to any target so you're just fueling the fire with a bunch of these cards stacked on top of each other so you could technically swing through for commander damage sack a bunch of creatures do a lot of these triggers and that's really how i envision this deck working really well and you could even throw in say for dirt cheap a taste of carla mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. use that to trigger off a silvar twice um so you're getting a lot of extra counters to beef him up too uh so i mean that would be kind of my recommendations here there was only one other card that i liked and i wanted to talk about it because it helps with the ramp uh pitiless plunder oh, oh yeah whenever another creature you control dies create a colorless creature artifact or treasure artifact token and sack it and get a mana um so that helps you ramp into your engine play some of the bigger cards that are in red uh some of those bigger cards in black too that you can have on the board as big beaters but that's kind of the direction i would take this and for under 50 bucks even if you took out anointed procession and enlightened tutor it's still going to be a good way to go about yeah. your deck and you can add in a ton more flavor out there just similar to these type of cards nice awesome yeah so so, um, you know, in, in your opinion, Squee, if you kind of do those basic upgrades, you know, that $50 upgrade package, mm-hmm. how much better do you think that makes the deck? Do you think that's really going to make it night and day feel different than out of the box? Or do you think it's just going to maybe help smooth out some of the roughness and it's still going to feel a little green? I think this will be night and day because you're able to add yeah. eight to ten cards. So you're going to see probably one or two of these almost every game. Um, and I think... Just with the way this deck was kind of built, I don't know if it was necessarily built with the partners in mind. So like you had mentioned, getting rid of the goad stuff, uh, clearing that out and adding in more blood artist triggers Mm -hmm. or more ramp or anything like that's obviously going to make a huge difference in this deck. It might take it from a really, I don't know, probably a five or six to a six or seven if you do it right. Um, So I think you could jump up maybe one power level or two under 50 bucks. Obviously, you're not going to be getting it up to, uh, you know, eight, nines and tens where you're taking out two decks and that type of stuff. But I think you can compete with that. Okay, awesome. Well, Tuck, um, obviously we all shared Anointed Procession, and I think we understand obviously making more human tokens is good for this deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are some of the other cards that, you know, making that budget about 100 bucks more yeah. uh, is going to, you know, maybe even separate it further from where Squeeze Yeah, and I, and I don't want to get into too much specifics, but the way I kind of thought about this was you take $50, and that's pretty much just upgrading the mana and the lands, uh, mostly like the artifacts right. and whatnot. So uh, Mardu, in my experience with it, it's really struggles 
with mana. Um, so I think taking some money to throw in like Chromatic Lantern, Felwar Stone, Dual Lotus, yeah, those sure. sort of things, those kind of like more generically good mana rocks and cutting some of the chaff out of there would really push it forward. Um, I also think there's a fair amount of draw that you could throw in, which I'll get into. Um, but the big thing I thought that I wanted to look into was I like the idea of swinging in with your tokens, getting some benefit just out of swinging in, and then depending on right. how they're blocked or if they're blocked at all, either stacking them to your commander or having like a fair amount of redundant effects as a backup to be able to do that at instant speed. When I first was looking at this, I thought that uh, Silvar, you had to pay mana to do it, but no, it's a free sack outlet. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. The first things that come into that came into mind for me was um, Great Pack. So this is a commander. I would say almost black staple. Uh, it's super good. So I think so. Yeah, colorless, colorless yeah. triple black, which is kind of tough in three colors. But again, if you have the chromatic lantern and whatnot, you can kind of play around that. So it's it's an enchantment that simply says whenever a creature you control dies, each other player sacrifices a creature. Again, you're going to have a bunch of different creatures out. Um, and again, I, I really like living in the combat zone in this, having instant speed things to do depending on who blocks, depending on who doesn't. Maybe making people decide if they really want to double up on the menace or if they want to block things that go a little wide. This helps kind of yep. dictate the flow of that. And speaking of dictate, uh, I would also highly recommend picking up a copy of Dictate of Erebos, which is oh, of course, yeah. which is Great Pack's little brother, both in price and in well, I guess it's not really in cost, but uh, I actually like this one more personally. But anyway, yeah, me too. Uh, so three colors, black, black for an enchantment. It has flash, so again, you can leave your mana open because again, it doesn't cost anything to sacrifice. Um, creatures to your commander or some of the other options I'm talking about. It has flash. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent sacrifices a creature. So really like when you're swinging in with five, 10, one ones and start having some of this stuff go on, you're gonna clear the way for your commander damage to come through. It gives you a lot of options. Um, I think yeah. another card that would do really well, kind of in the same vein, is Goblin Bombardment. So this is a mm -hmm. oh, yeah, this nice. is another this is another classic and oldie but a goodie. Um, Goblin Bombardment is a colorless and a red for an enchantment. Uh, it's a uncommon that's just dropped the three dollars for mystery boosters. So that's pretty rad. Um, sacrifice a creature. It deals one damage to any target. Pinging away people. Pinging away planeswalkers. Pinging away life totals. Everything you want to do here too. There's a couple. Yeah, that plays just like into what I was talking about. And then, oh, I love the idea of, you know, putting the Grave Pact effect on top of that. So it's just board wipes and burn spells. It's dirty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I also think that uh, for $10 now, you can get a copy of Frixian Arena. Card draw is going to be really important to this deck, too. And black and white, uh, well, mostly black, if we're going to be honest, does it really well. So colorless black, black. At the beginning of your upkeep, you draw a card and you lose a life. Does a lot of work here. I think this is a sleeper one as well because it gives you tokens even though they're not humans. It's still going to make people sure. think about what you want to do. Right. So I think Queen Marchesa is probably going to be really good in this deck as well. She is a human assassin, so you can always sack her in a pinch. But for a colorless and Mardu, that is red, white, black. She's a 3-3 death touch haste. When she enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Uh, at the end of your turn, you're going to get one token if you have your other commander in, so you just have one blocker. At the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent is a monarch, create a 1-1 one, one black assassin creature token with death touch and haste. Again, going a little wide, I, I, really, I double-checked this three times, and I could have sworn that it was a human <laughs> assassin, but it's just a normal assassin, which is asinine, uh, or else this card would, would be really, really good in it. So um, that's kind of the main things in terms of price. There's two cards that I think are really going to help with this sort of dealing in, swinging in, um, and dealing stuff. So one is Hellrider, 
So two colorless red red for three three devil with haste. Whenever a creature you control attacks, Hellrider deals one damage to the player or planeswalker it's attacking. So again, oh, getting in the great. red zone, swinging in with a bunch of one ones, maybe two twos. Okay, fine. You're first going to lose life for that. Then you can sack them to bombardment. You can sack them to these other things that when creatures leave the battlefield, right. they're dealing damage. And then uh, we've talked about this card before, and I think it's good, and I think it does kind of what we're looking for in this deck, too. So the last one I want to talk about real quick is another cheap budget one, Brutal Horde Chief. So three colorless and a red. Whenever a creature you control attacks, defending player loses one life, and you gain one life. We've talked a lot of things mm. about pain life in mm. here. Getting that life back yeah. is great. And then the, it also has the activated ability of three colorless uh, hybrid Boros. So that's hybrid red, red, white, hybrid, red, white. Creatures you can, your opponents control block this turn if able, and you choose how these creatures block. So I know what you're going to say that both of these are not humans themselves. So what I would do with these is cut out some of the things where it's like, there's ones where it's like, Whenever a human enters this battlefield, this creature gets plus one, plus one, or something along those lines that kind of like beef up a creature. I think that plays a little better with the commander, um, okay. as opposed to in this, where you really don't care about the humans on the field if they're not tokens, or if they're not some other sure. some sort of sacrifice fodder. It's really more important to like live in the combat zone, dictate how the combat zone works, and then figure out how you can start cheesing in more damage through that. No, I don't know. I to really me, like this that. sounds like it's getting a little oppressive, and I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So, uh, Big Duck, kind of the same question to you that I asked Squee. So, taking your $150 or less upgrade and throwing it into this deck, how much more, how much, hold on, how dynamically different do you think this deck will then perform? Do you think, okay, obviously, Squee was already night and yeah. day, or do you, do you think this makes it from a pre-con into something that you can feel comfortable sitting at your LGS and I can I can hang with people? Or do you still think it's maybe, okay, I can kind of handle uh, people that have upgraded their own pre-cons, yeah. but maybe not someone who just fresh brewed something from memory. I think this is- Or, or I, from I, their-, their I definitely think that this, I think the main thing that we're looking, that this will do is that this will give the deck much more of a, much more of a identity based around its commanders, mm -hmm. right? So I think if you go through this and you have the money to put these in, you're gonna be taking things out that are either clunky, slow, don't play right. into these sort of things. Um, I definitely don't know. I'm. I honestly don't think Mardu is that competitive of colors across the board. Like, I think there, I don't think there's a lot of CEDH. Kalia! Yeah, there you go. Like, Kalia, Zergo is really brutal. Um, we've talked, you've talked about how Queen Marchesa has done you dirty. Uh, oh, but, like, I, I do think that when you start looking at these things, making these cuts out, and really trying to build around the commander, you will have games that are more consistent, more fluid, less of, like, oh, well, I drew this card. Oh, this is a pre-con card. I've been meaning to cut. And for something better, even if it is, you know, a Phyrexian Arena or something that's more boring like that, I think this will definitely help get it to something where you feel more comfortable being like, I'm bringing this here. It's it's not, you can almost even say at this point when you've made these sort of cuts, you're like, this was a pre-con, it isn't anymore. It's kind of, it's kind of your own, it's kind of more of your own take on it. Awesome. All right. Well, now we're on to the under five hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, there, there are some that definitely have kind of. Um, 
going with everyone. Obviously, a procession. Not going to talk about no. that because mm-hmm. we already did. I will hit on Enlightened Tutor a little bit later because it kind of goes into more what my strategy is. Okay. But Big Tuck has talked about it. Uh, I have a Greven mm-hmm. deck, and basically, this is Greven just with white. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, so, it's Greven. It's Greven uh, with tokens. That's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted to add some stuff in there because I think some of the things that make Greven really good are equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some really, really good equipments, but also not ignore the go wide strategy. But I think the first thing you start with when you go from a pre-con and you're like i'm gonna put some serious dough into this you have to upgrade yeah. your land base oh, sure, yeah 100 so if, if you just do the shocks prismatic and fabled and the three on color fetch lands not going into off right. color you're right there at about 140 no way really uh Dang. so it, yeah. it, it's a big piece of it Break but if you think heart. about it but you're basically what you're doing is you're taking eight premier lands and taking out a lot of that garbage that just straight up enters the battlefield tapped it doesn't matter yep. what you do to it it's going to make your deck just move like a smooth oiled machine that's what you want big tuck already hit on chromatic lantern but another one that honestly i think is almost a staple in mardu because you kind of need them uh smothering yes. type, that's yep. 14 bucks you gotta yep. put that in there yep. and i personally because it makes my kalia deck run so well mana crypt yeah, yeah, sure. you get them for about a hundred dollars right now uh because you know big tuck it, could tell you all about that I, yeah, well, so not, a, I, not I, anymore I think, not after people went on furlough <laughs> so you know I, I think the biggest thing with this deck is you want to get out real yeah. quick oh, for sure not necessarily because it's like i'm trying to win on turn three or four you just need to get ahead of your opponents before they get their resource Yep. So that way you can establish a yep. few things. Because if you're doing the whole one card a turn, you're not going to make it yeah. far. And especially, so. and I, I I agree with you, especially because your commanders both like one of them costs five, so it dying it yeah. dying hurts a lot. Like, and I and I agree with you if you get this kind of fast mana stuff out, it's okay. You can run him out, do his thing real quick. He dies, and you're ready to cast him again next yep. turn. Yep. And it also allows you to quickly build up your board state to go wide early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So one of the first cards that I want to talk about that's actually going to, it doesn't necessarily do the human strategy, but it does help with tokens, but it also helps with your commander, is Elspeth Knight Errant. Yeah. Two colorless white, white planeswalker for loyalty. Uh, plus one, put a one, one white soldier token on the field. Plus one, target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains flying till end of turn. That's well, massive. And fly, flying yeah. and menace? Like, are you kidding? You're going to be able to get in for someone for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and then the great thing is that if you, because there's really no minuses, mm-hmm. it's just pluses. If you do get to the ultimate, which is minus eight, it's game yeah. winning. You get an emblem with artifacts, creatures, enchantments, and lands you control are indestructible. Yeah. You'll yeah, never done. lose. And, yeah, that's done. Uh, it's, it's just, and yeah. You, and so I, you know how hot I am on, on Elspeth cards? I could have sworn <laughs> yeah. all of them put out humans. I was incorrect, except for the new one, which only minuses herself, yeah. which is kind of okay, but I agree. This is... I mean, this is effectively an equipment in this deck, right? Like, it's a four-man yeah. equipment that you don't have to equip. Absolutely. And it sits between $10 and $13, yeah. so we're, we're getting there. Uh, next card's a little bit cheaper, but it's going to go more into that go-wide strategy, because I do think that needs to be your second outlet. Alter yep. uh, the Brood. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't put it I almost, I I Honestly, I almost, I almost chose that, because I could have sworn you were going to with the tokens. I was like, I'm going to get ahead of this right now. Uh, but we are talking about another uh, token staple. Cathar's Crusade. Oh, gosh. Every colorless, white, white. Whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. And the thing I like about this, because if you take some of Squeeze recommendations, some of Tux, and even what the Elspeth does, we're kind of peppering in some Mm non-humans. So the fact that they don't have to share a type, but you still make 
tokens yep. is great yes. yep. because you know what if you got four humans out there and three soldiers or some vampires who really cares because those vampires are still going to be oh. beefy and you can just sack your humans to give your guy indestructible but then you still have these three threes and four fours which are nothing to snuff and, at and, no, no, so no. this perfectly as well of putting stuff onto your commander for a later sack oh. water so great great he's going to grow Correct. so fast yeah uh, all right. The the next one we're going to talk about is one that Squee literally just talked about uh -huh. in our forty life at a dash is a Chroma's mm -hmm. Memorial. Ugh. So this card is sitting at twenty five bucks. Holy cow! Uh, seven seven colorless legendary artifact creatures you control have flying first strike vigilance trample haste protection from black and protection from red uh once again this is actually going to feed both sides yeah. of the coin kind of like Cathar's Crusade. Mm -hmm. You're going to be Commanding damage, you can go wide, and it's going to be very hard for people to stop you. And a lot of the premier removal is in these mm -hmm. two colors, whether it's burn damage or murder. <laughs> the, 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 pe the peasant's removal spell. I'll, I'll bring a callback. I love this card. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Is it, it. really $20? Good right. gravy. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Reese must be sneaking up in price here. I got to check that one out. So I got four equipments I'm going to briefly run through, but this is why I wanted the Enlightened Tutor in my build is because I do think having equipments with your commander are going to be very yeah. big. So the first one we're going to talk about is a $15 equipment, Umazawa's Jite. Oh, yeah, two colorless uh, legendary artifact. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage, put two charge counters on Umazawa's Jite. Remove a charge counter from Umazawa Jite, choose one. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two till end of turn, or target creature gets negative one, negative one till end of turn, or you gain two <laughs> life and equip two. So obviously you're gonna be living and dying in the red zone. Yep. So you're gonna be living and dying, you know, hitting people. And you know, there are there are a lot of colors or a lot of cards in these colors, Mardu, that give double yeah. strike. So a lot of times on one attack, you'll get your two things. Um, and then you can just start, you know, taking them off, adding them on. You're gonna be killing people yeah. real, real quick. Yeah, Jit is awesome. Awesome, yeah, that's that's sure. really, really, and, really and good. Like, and I, I love that you're talking about equipments because in any Voltron strategy, you gotta have them. And again, like I know it's stupid, but we've talked a lot about how much Mardu can drain life. So having the yep. ability to just dump, if they're gonna board wipe and you're gonna lose the jet anyways, or something along those lines, you can always just gain the life for free. So very, mm -hmm. very good. Absolutely. So, and then the last few cards that I'm going to talk about, we'll briefly run through, are the Sword Ofs. But there's three specific ones I think you need for the deck. So the first one's Feast and Famine. It's sitting at 50 oh. bucks. Oof. And all of these guys, all the Sword Ofs, it's three to play and two to yep. equip. Um, and this one gives you plus two, plus two protection from black and green. And whatever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card and you untap all lands you control. So, so Mardu's not like ramp city, but this is kind of a ramp yes. card oh, yeah. and it's beefing up your commander and it's giving it protection from black and green. Uh, both cards, you know, have their beast withins yeah. and mm -hmm. things to that nature. So you're going to protect your commander. Black also, has a fair, black, next, black also has a fair amount of flying creatures too. So being able to get through that is, yeah. is clutch. Yep. Yeah, no, that's fair. Next one, I believe, is a modern staple, uh, Sword of Fire and Ice. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is plus two, plus two, and creature, quick creature has protection from red and blue. And the reason I liked this one is whenever it deals the damage, you get to deal two damage to target creature or player, and you yep. draw a card. Mm -hmm. Big Tuck mentioned it. You need card draw in this deck. So this is, once again, getting your Voltron through. You're drawing a card, and maybe that extra two is what you need to knock someone yep. out or mm -hmm. take out a, a weird creature that maybe you couldn't force to block or something to that nature. And also the, the protection from blue and EDH is huge because how many blue decks or something running a splash of blue do you see? Yeah, a lot. Um, so it, a it, lot. It, it allows him to swing through. It, it 
allows him to avoid a ton of just targeted effects. Uh, it's really, really good. Yeah, and then the last one uh, is because white is also a premier color. We're, we're going to do a light and shadow sure. in here. So this is $35. It gets plus two, plus two protection from white and black. And the reason I liked this one is because you gain three life, like Big Tuck talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, you may need to get a little bit of life. But here's a cool one. You get to return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So the nice thing is that if people have been picking off your commander, you could potentially move this equipment to one of your tokens, get in for the damage, and bring your commander out of the graveyard to oh, your yeah. hand and avoid that avoid that tax mm -hmm. but also there's a bunch of other creatures in the deck that i personally think kind of make or break this whole deal so like the generals enforcers mm -hmm. legendary humans you control have indestructible oh, sure. and yep. it's a graveyard hate card that's, great. that's a great one you could bring back a Magus of the wheel mm -hmm. maybe i need a wheel again get something different there's a lot of good utility creatures uh, that really help feed yeah. the deck so i want to say that my total came to 400 Oh $99. Wow, look at you. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that is 20 cards, and I'll tell you this. I think this makes the deck literally one that you could probably sit down at a table and say it's not even a precon. Yeah. Um, I, I, I could I could run with this deck. The only thing I may be lacking is the human token generation. Uh, creation that's about the only thing I, I didn't really do any additions looking through the deck there's a little bit in there mm -hmm. so i do think if you go with this type of build you have to be smart about what you cut mm -hmm. um but I, I think even with this build you could go from 36 lands to 34 and open up two slots yeah so all right guys well hopefully that was helpful and when you get your pre-con knowing what your own personal budget is and hopefully this gives you some guidance on future decks and kind of how we thought and dove into it well that's gonna wrap up what's the plane chase now in that last segment squeed dives into those creative juices with the weather Coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee, so today we're going Gruel, everybody's oh. favorite combo, I'm Wahoo. sure. <laughs> Pop the confetti. Uh, so we're talking we're talking Oolashed the Hate Seed. Oh, so yeah. Two, for, for, yeah. The, for, the, for those playing the home game, how the heck do you spell Oolash? Uh, uh, that is U-L-A-S-H-T. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's a legendary creature Hydra, and sorry to disappoint, we're not doing Hydra Tribal today, Ooh. I don't think. Uh, but maybe you know he's doing something like with tokens. Kind of, yeah. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, so while I was playing the home game, Ulash is not only a mouthful to say, but a mouthful to read. So, Ulash the Hate Seed comes into play with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each other red creature you control, and a one, one counter on it for each other green creature you control. That's kind of cool. Remove a one, one counter from Ulash, choose one. Ulash deals one damage to target creature, or put a one, one green sapperling creature token into play. So he can be an engine for himself if you want uh he also can do a lot of board control and deal with that and then thirdly he can be a giant proliferating commander that can swing through for big damage um so this deck is i think it's going to be more of a mid to, to like maybe a five to seven kind oh, of yeah. deck I, I i mean unless you want to really dump some dollars into <laughs> it and make a like a couple thousand dollar gruel deck but i doubt it um so the first card i wanted to talk about is an enchantment aura it's hydra's growth so two colorless and a green, and I was really surprised I'd never seen this before. This is a slam dunk. Oh, it's, it's hot off the press. Well, it, it, it just got yep. printed 
two months ago, three months ago, so it's still fairly new. Yeah, I mean, I, even when I did a tracksuit, which was recently, I did a pretty good scan, but I must uh, hmm. let that one slip through the radar. So, Hydra's Growth is a uh, enchantment origin enchant creature. When Hydra's Growth enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on enchanted creature. At the beginning of your upkeep, double the number of one, one counters on enchanted creature. That's really, That's all, really good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, you know what would be really good, uh, or a good deck for this? Friend of the Cast Will's uh, counter Oh, deck? sure. Because oh. then when the creature oh. dies, you move the counter. Right, right, over. right. <laughs> yeah, this card. Why'd you tell him about that? <laughs> I'm sure he knows. This is cool. I like it. And again, it's a Hydra card, so I'm already on board. <laughs> this, yeah, this, this yeah, this is the only Hydra I'm talking about today. Boo. Yeah, I was actually surprised. It was very low. I'm guessing since it is so new, yeah, people just haven't had time to slot it in or really pay attention yeah. to it. Um, so the next one I wanted to talk about is the creepiest artwork of the day. Uh, he looks like he's on a lot of drugs. Grum Gully the Generous. Ooh, yeah, so yeah. Grum, Grum Gully. Gully's sick. One colorless gruel, uh, legendary goblin shaman is a 3-3. Each other non-human creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it, and he's an uncommon. And so, yeah, I mean, he's 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 support for everything right. on your battlefield, everything that's entering in here, and you're probably not running a whole lot of humans. Um, so you're going to get a lot of one one counters to spread around to do things. With. And he's so he himself is going to count for three counters when you cast your commander just on his own because he's red, green, and uh, gets another counter on it too. So yeah, exactly. seems pretty good. Um, yeah, and for an, a legendary creature, you don't see a ton of uncommon mm -hmm. ones. I just wanted to point that out for fun. Um, but yeah, he's he's really cheap. But his artwork is just horrifying. He's like a kind of looks like a blue goblin eating a bunch of mushrooms with a big old red beard. He's got a mushroom hat. It kind of looks like it kind of looks know. like something. It's like an outfit, uh, not friend of the show who doesn't listen to it. Nathan Lane would wear. And also, he's also got that ginger beard. So oh, that's the beard. yeah, it's yeah, totally that's the beard flowing right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Grumgully does some work in my Zerus deck. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think anything that runs those runs gruel in the color identity mm -hmm. that does any type of even medium to go wide you should have this in, yes. the, in the 99 it makes for zero sure. sense it's, why you it's awesome it does so much for so little cost yeah i would agree and the next card i think is kind of in a similar category for gruel so it's mina and den the wellborn oh yeah, yeah. Uh, legendary elf ally two colorless gruel it's a rare uh you may play an additional land on each of your turns Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> and then Gruel, return a land you control to your owner's hand, or to its owner's hand. Target creature gains trample until end of turn. So you can use this to smash through with your commander because he doesn't have any sort of abilities right. like that. Uh, so that's nice. And then obviously being able to put lands down, if you have any bounce lands or anything like that in the deck, this is going to feed into those. So this has a ton of value in Gruel, and it's pretty cheap. I think it's, what, maybe a dollar or two dollars. So yeah. if you're running a Gruel deck... Uh, I don't see any reason not to have this in. There. Most importantly, they're an ally, which is the real reason why you want to run this in any deck. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. That ally tribal's real strong. Uh, so. <laughs> the last one, uh, this one's for you, Mr. Combo. I hate Planeswalkers, but I'm going to talk about one. Uh, yeah. So this is Arlen Cord. Oh, yeah. Two colorless oh, yeah. gruel. Werewolf. Planeswalker Arlen, which I don't know what that is, but we're about to find out. It's her name. Uh, plus one until end of turn. Up to one target creature gets plus two, plus two, and gains vigilance and haste. Uh, so you can utilize that if you have her out before your commander's out, or if you need anybody else to do abilities when they land on the battlefield. Uh, what really interests me, though, is the zero ability. So for zero, put a two-two green wolf creature token onto the battlefield, transform Arlen Cord. It transforms into Arlen Embraced by the Moon, which is a plus one. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample until end of turn. Pretty yeah. good. 
Uh, minus one. Arlen Embraced by the Moon deals three damage to target creature or player. Transform Arlen of the Moon Embraced by the Moon. Uh, so it flipped back to Arlen of the Court. Uh, and then the minus six is really interesting. You get an emblem with creatures you control have haste and tap. This creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. Yep. Yeah, so you just use this to tap down whatever your biggest creature is, ideally your commander, but if you have somebody else out there, it's useful for them too. And it's an emblem. It's not going away. So for the rest of the game, you're tapping down to destroy or ping really whatever mm-hmm. you want. Yeah, I really like that. You know, it's funny because I had an Arlen cord for so long and it's just it's always so hard to find a home for her. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think she's sitting in my current gruel build, uh, but it's just one of those like fringe. Yeah. Cards. Yeah. I noticed but, she know, was in a tiny amount of decks on EDH rig. Yeah, she and I think it's more because everyone hates on her because they made werewolves such, such garbage, garbage yeah. Yeah. that we, we just we just don't want to give her the time of day. And I think a lot of players don't play transform. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I, it, there's a. Maybe not, maybe not a stigma or a, a lack of investigation around the other side of the card or whatever's well, going you, on. Unless you know, unless you know it cold, you always have to be like, uh, hold on, and then you like turn around, <laughs> it, and then flip Let it over, and be like, oh yeah, exactly what is this actually about do? to do? And also, like the the reason I've heard is that there is a lot of competition in the four mana slot for um, for red and green planeswalkers. So one that I think would be awesome in this mm-hmm. deck is one of my favorites, Senegos Reveler. Um, two colorless for green and a red plus one at X mana of any combination of X or I'm sorry of red and green where X is the number of creatures you control again works Pretty for gold wide zero created two two red and green satyr creature token that has haste so feeds into Ulamash and then uh, or Ulast yep. Uh, Ulamash? Is that like something weird? Ulamash. <laughs> Aldrazi. You're welcome. That one's free. That one's free, Wizards. Uh, minus six. Excellent top seven cards of your library. You may put any number of creatures or lands from among them on the battlefield. Probably not super relevant, but getting the mana, getting the creature out, that, that'll feed into the hate seed. Seems like it does a lot what the deck wants to do, too. Well, and I, and I think another card that would give this commander actually a pretty unique use case is because it is just one mana and it deals one damage to target creature mm-hmm. uh i think a basilisk oh, caller just yeah. makes a whole lot of sense yeah so basilisk caller is a colorless uh it's five dollars equip two equip creature has death touch and lifelink oh, so it's it. not even like ulash has to fight which you know could actually hurt mm-hmm. him a little bit later in the game when you know the Reeses of the world have gone wild, the Geards <laughs> of the world have gone wild, the Exorcises, the writhing storms have gone crazy <laughs> with their snake tokens. You know, Ulash is also going to come out and probably have 15, 20 counters, but it's like, gosh, I can't really get through. Well, you're in green. You're going to be making tons of mana right. with a Basilisk Caller. You basically pay one mana per creature to mm-hmm. murder it, and that's yeah. just amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really really good. That's there's a lot of ways you can go with this. I mean, you can play with the counters. You can play with go wide. You can play with kind of a, a mild burn theme. Um, he, he has a lot of different uses that you can do with it. And I think it would be just an interesting kind of mid-level deck to run. Yeah, I don't. you're, you're not going to go to your LGS and just smack face against <laughs> everybody out there. But uh, I think it would be an interesting deck that people haven't seen to come to the table with that you'd have fun playing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, with that, I'm going to kick it back to the Action 4 News Desk with Mr. Combo and Big Tuck. Thank you for staying with us, and as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders through level1gameshop.com. And we did want to make an announcement. This Friday, we will be 
debuting and moving forward with Bruise and Bills. It will be on your podcast platform, but also we will be going to YouTube. Uh, it won't necessarily be us talking, uh, or us talking. It won't necessarily be us on video, uh, but, you know, we will have images of the cards, and hopefully, you know, it'll make it to, for all the stay-at-home listeners uh, a little bit more interactive experience. Yep. So go check it out. Also, another way to support your news team is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. With reward tiers for all the budgets, there's a way that you, the collective, can help me get pants. (laughs) You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 news team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website. We've been begging. (laughs) We're begging for it. You can communicate directly with your team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Common Number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting, from your MTG Action 4 news team. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good beak. 